Welcome to the Talk of Fame Network. I got a good deal on those boys. The scouts said they showed a lot of promise. With your Hall of Fame voters. Don't act like you're not impressed. Ron Borges. You want to punch me right now, but you won't. Rick Oslin. I don't know what we're yelling about! And Clark Judge. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Go! On SB Nation Radio. I'm grateful to, uh, you know, for all my teammates and my coaches and for my family and friends. Um, it's been a lot of football over the years, so, you know, it's always been about winning and, you know, I've been very fortunate to be on a lot of great teams, so I feel very grateful. Tom breaking the record today was, um, of course, what it's all about, winning games. And, uh, you know, thinking back to that, that first one in 2001 against Indianapolis, um, you know, it's a lot, of, a lot of water under the bridge, but... Um, Good. Well, that was Tom Brady and his head coach after last weekend's beatdown of the L.A. Rams. I think that was Ron in the background yelling, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, anyway, uh, that was a victory that uh, under normal circumstances, Ron, that, that would be routine. But uh, there was nothing routine about this, was there? Well, no, it was a record-setting uh, day. Brady passed his old rival Peyton Manning as the winningest quarterback in NFL history with the 201 wins. Quite a moment, really, because it was on the 15th anniversary of the 2001 uh, Super Bowl team that, that beat the Rams, and they had over 40 members of that team that they had brought in for the uh, for the weekend, so the to watch the Rams game and uh, give it up one more time for Tom Brady. Yeah, well, you know what I found interesting it was afterwards, almost immediately afterwards, there was some media members and actually several players in that locker room who suggested uh, this record's never going to be broken. Um, but, of course, they're wrong because the next time Brady wins the game, he breaks the record. But uh, let's look beyond that. Uh, Goose, is this one of those, like, Cal Ripken records that's going to stand for decades? Or, or is there someone out there that you could see catching him uh, as Cal Ripken caught Lou Gehrig? No, this one's going to stand. The game has changed. You know, with the money athletes are making in sports today, a player doesn't need to stick around 15, 20 years anymore. You're set for life with your first contract. Your second contract set your kids and grandkids up for life. And with the concern in football about concussions, I just don't see quarterback hanging around 15, 20 years anymore. So who's going to stick around long enough to average 10 wins a year for 20 years? I don't see it happening. Well, guys, I would suggest one guy as a, as a possible uh challenger and that's russell wilson who's already ahead of brady's pace at the same time of well, brady's you guys career. knocked me for russell you gotta be kidding me you're on the bandwagon no i, I wouldn't say it. that it, it's still a stupid idea i'm just bringing it up <laughs> ron have you uh, seen somebody jump off the brady bandwagon quicker than Clark yeah did? yeah exactly what is this you are unbelievable but he's got 54 wins in less than five years as a starter he's only 28 uh so maybe this record doesn't even last a decade who knows but that's yeah, the leader well. in the clubhouse well, anyway, congratulations to Tom Brady on his 201 victories and to Russell Wilson for getting a shout-out from Ron Borges. Uh, we haven't had 201 shows, not yet at least, but we are headed in that direction. And today, today from the Renai studio, we have another good one lined up with Hall of Fame semifinalist Kevin Moy, NFL historian John Turney, who's making his monthly appearance on the show, Hall of Famer Dave Robinson of the Green Bay Packers to talk ice bowl. Yeah, I suppose we begin our Decemberist series, which honors the best and brightest performers and performances of this month. And Hall of Fame voter Ira Kaufman is going to be here. He's going to be here to answer the question, are the Tampa Bay Bucks playoff contenders? 
or are they playoff pretenders? But first, guys, before we get to any of those guys or anything about Tom Brady, um, I saw something that just moved uh, this week about Hall of Fame voters for baseball and, and how I think it's 2018. You guys can correct me because you're Hall of Fame voters for baseball, that um, your voting results are going to be public and it's be mandatory that you make them public. Uh, Goose, I'll start with you. Correct. And, and do you like that? Yeah, I have no problem with that. I've been pushing for the Football Hall of Fame to make it public, the voting public. If you're going to vote, be accountable for your vote. How about you, Ron? Yeah, I tend to agree. You know, I, I know what it's going to bring, which is just, you know, more anti-social media uh, problems. Uh, but, you know, they're already out there anyway when they don't know how you vote. So they, you know, they're telling you how you vote when they don't even know. So at least, at least when they're throwing stones now, they can, they can hit us with live ammunition. Do you want Pro Football <laughs> Hall of Fame votes to be uh, public as well? I'm okay with that. You know, I don't really have a problem with it. I know some guys do. Uh, the only concern I have is, is is whether or not it has any kind of a generally sort of chilling effect on some of the right. some of the voters. You know, but you know, if that's in, in what case, respect? It, you mean, uh, you them... know, just you start worrying about. Uh, geez, I got to vote for all the guys from. Right. You know, like if you don't really think a guy from the Patriots, in my case, belongs in the Hall of Fame, are you going to vote no? If you know everybody's going to know, that's the way you voted. Um, I would hope so, but I think it puts a little added pressure on the guys that are representing individual t uh, cities. Okay. Um, well, first, let's get back to a Patriot uh, who's going to be in the Hall of Fame someday. That's Tom Brady. Uh, we had owner Bob Kraft on this show last week saying that no one compares to Tom Brady, and of course, he's not exactly unbiased on the subject, but the record says that, you know what? Bob Kraft's right. Nobody does. So, Goose, uh, quickly, on your list of all-timers, I know we've visited this before. Where's Tom Brady stack up? Well, he's moved into my top five, certainly. I've still got Unitas at the top of the list. The man invented the two-minute drill, called his own plays, and single-handedly made the NFL a national sport with his performance in the 58 title game. Then I have Montana, who has as many rings as Brady, but never lost a Super Bowl. Then Otto Graham, who played in title game every each of his 10 seasons. Then comes Brady. Okay. Ronnie? Uh, well, before we have to hose you down, Clark, uh, I just... Uh, <laughs> you have to do wanna, that every week, don't you? <laughs> yeah, it's true. I want to reiterate uh, Goose's statement about Otto Graham. Uh, Otto Graham won 84% of his games, All right. which is better than 77% last time I looked. And he went to the championship game 10 years in a row and won seven times, which is better than going four times in, uh, six times in 17 years and winning four last time I looked. I'm no math major. Uh, and when uh, not otherwise busy playing bat football, he won the, the uh, 1946 NBA title with the Rochester Royals. So when Brady does that, then we can talk about this. <laughs> okay, so I guess he's behind Otto Graham on your list. Hey, <laughs> Otto's um, Otto going to post his ass up. <laughs> there you go. Well, as I said, Tom Brady's going to be in the hall someday. And maybe just maybe some of his peers will be too. I looked at uh, last week when pass rusher Julius Peppers is done with Green Bay. Uh, he moved up to fifth on the all-time sack list, passing Michael Strahan. And Larry Fitzgerald of the Cardinals, uh, he moved into third on the all-time catch list. So let's start with Julius Peppers. Goose, Hall of Famer? Yeah, the committee loves pass rushers, so I say yes. Sacks are the most powerful stat any defensive player can have. The committee doesn't place the same weight on interceptions. If it had, Ken Riley would have been enshrined a couple decades ago. You know, this committee has inducted an edge rusher in four of the last five classes. Pepper may have to wait a year or two like Kevin Green did, but in the end, this committee will vote him in. I think Goose is probably right, although I'd have to do a lot of more research on him to tell you the truth here. He's not a guy that immediately comes into my mind. You know, usually, most of the time, I think Hall of Fame, boom, you, know, you mention the guy, and I, I immediately think yes or yay or nay. And I don't really have that yay feeling, you know, about him. Uh, doesn't mean he isn't. It doesn't mean that uh, he doesn't belong. But there's a lot of folks out there to tell you that Dwight Freeney and Jason Taylor in their prime were better than 
Not always so hot peppers. Okay, well, Ron, since you mentioned it, Dwight Farini, I want you to get that yay or nay feeling right now. Um, Julius Peppers was second team all decade to Dwight Farini for the 2000s. So you have one choice, Farini or Peppers? Yay or nay, who's it going to be? It's in the trick question, Actually, I would take Jason Taylor over either one of them, but if you put, I would, but if you put that gun to my head, I guess I think I would take Farini. I saw them both quite a bit, Farini a little bit more than Peppers, and... I just know how dangerous he was all the time he was on the field. And there were times I felt where Peppers was on the field, but he didn't really realize that he was, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I think uh, I know this committee, the guy who finishes higher on the sack list, and that'll be Peppers. Ah, okay. Well, then let's move on to Larry Fitzgerald. And only Jerry Rice and Tony Gonzalez now have more catches in NFL history than Larry Fitzgerald. Jerry Rice is in the hall. Tony Gonzalez, of course, will be soon. So what about Larry Fitzgerald? Gooseman? Well, Clark, you're asking me to judge players on stats. I'd rather judge them on impact. All these catches is a product of the talent of the player or the style of the game played today. Would Larry Fitzgerald have caught 1,100 passes if he played in the 60s and 70s? Lance Allworth caught half as many passes as Fitzgerald. Who would I rather have? Allworth. Paul Warfield caught about a third as many passes as Fitzgerald. Who would I rather have? Warfield. You know, I think Fitzgerald will be enshrined one day, but because he finished with the second most number of receptions among wide receivers doesn't make him the second greatest wide receiver ever. Uh, you know, I, I actually think that he, that he does belong. You know, that kind of production is, to me, impossible to ignore. Uh, and Goose is right, as usual, about, you know, some of it certainly has to do with the style of game today. But I just think that he was uh, often the only weapon they had and, uh, and, and still was tremendously... Uh, productive, and when they finally became competitive and got in the playoffs, he came up big. He scored 10 touchdowns in nine playoff games. They averaged 16 and a half yards a catch. Uh, I think he's a Hall of Fame producer, although I, I I tend to think his numbers are probably a little skewed. Yeah, and tremendously productive, Ron, on some bad teams, too. Terrible I mean, teams. Yeah, and, I mean, I know they went to the Super Bowl, as you mentioned, but they were bad at times as well, and, and they're not real good right now either. Right. No, that, no, that's right, and I, th- I think in the, in the passing game in particular, it's pretty easy to take you out if you're the only guy. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. pe- Teams had a lot of trouble with that. Well, we're going to stop right there, but we'll continue this conversation when we come back with NFL historian John Turney, Pro Football Journal, right after this. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by MyCleanPC.com. If your computer runs slowly, and whose computer doesn't, just go to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis, and within minutes you can download software to cure what may be ailing your PC. That's MyCleanPC.com. When you're opening a new office location, but deadlines don't let up, you need to make sure your team can start working fast, which means all of a sudden you're looking to buy new conference tables, chairs, laptops, and whiteboards quickly. Business cards from American Express Open can give you buying power to help cover the big purchases you need to make when you need to make them. Find out how American Express cards and services can help prepare you for growth at Open.com. When your medical practice is growing fast and you have more patients than you have room for, you need to start, well, making some room, which means all of a sudden you're looking to buy new exam tables and stools, x-ray machines, and microscopes quickly. Business cards from American Express Open can give you buying power to help cover the big purchases you need to make when you need to make them. Find out how American Express cards and services can help prepare you for growth at open.com. Burger King presents Breakfast Stories. Today's story, Big Jim and three pancakes for 89 cents. 
I don't care what you call them, pancakes, flipjacks, flapcakes. The point is, at Burger King, you can get a stack of three of them for 89 cents. What kind of deal is this? Uh, a great one? Fill up on three golden pancakes for 89 cents. This is not breakfast. This is a Burger King breakfast. Get three pancakes for 89 cents. Only at Burger King. Limited time only. Price and participation vary. Go from tank to tankless. Make the right play by choosing Renai tankless water heaters. Get yourself out of hot water at home by choosing the best water heating solution available. Why don't you tell us about the last time you were in hot water with your significant other? Visit GetHotWater.com to submit your story for a chance to be a part of our weekly giveaway for football tickets. Grand prize winners will have a chance to win a pair of playoff tickets and a Renai water heater. Visit Renai.us for more information about their innovative products. I'm Jay Farner, president of Quicken Loans. Recently, mortgage rates have dropped to the second lowest level in history. The rate today on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is all the way down to 4.125%. APR, 4.82%. It's a great time to refinance with Quicken Loans and save hundreds every month. So lock in this ultra-low rate before it goes back up. Call 800-QUICKEN. That's 800-QUICKEN. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSConsumeraccess.org, number 3030. GEICO presents a voicemail from your friend, Electricity. Hey, it's me, Electricity. So I'll keep this short. <laughs> Get it? Never mind. Anyway, I just want to make sure you're not, like, still mad at me about that electrical fire in your kitchen. I mean, obviously you're not, but I'm just checking to make sure. It's no big deal if you are. It's not like you're asking me to pay for the damage. <laughs> right? Electricity won't pay for an electrical fire. Luckily, the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting coverage a snap. Visit GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. Well, the Talk of Fame Network, sponsored by GEICO, just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com, and you probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Well, if it's the beginning of the month, and it is, it's time for us to check in with one of our favorite, favorite guests, the NFL historian John Turney of Pro Football Journal. Hey, John, have you missed us? Oh, absolutely. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. We did. Yes, sir. We did. Yes, sir. And uh, we're very grateful to have you back here. And, John, um, I know Goose wants to get to Ezekiel Elliott and where he stands among the great rookie running backs because he loves those Dallas Cowboys. But I, I want to follow on a subject that we addressed actually in the, the first segment of the show, and that's Tom Brady. And a simple question for you. I ask these guys the same thing. Um, do his 201 victories – and four Super Bowl wins make him the greatest quarterback in history, at least in your mind? Not in my mind. It certainly puts him in. in it's, he's been in my top four for a couple of years when he essentially just came back and became dominant after all the, you know, the injury and all the things that had happened. But it's just real difficult for me to, to take Johnny Unitas out of the top spot simply because of how the game was played. I know the numbers aren't going to compare and the wins aren't going to compare, but it would be very interesting someday to see what would happen if Tom Brady went back to 1958 and what would happen if the, the cornerbacks axed both of his receivers at the line of scrimmage and knocked them both down before they could get into the route or they could be bumped all over yeah. the field. Those types of things. So to me, Johnny Unitas is still number one, and I've got to put in 
Montana with Brady. And then the fourth one is always tough, but I've always stuck with Otto Graham right. for, for the, in the top four. Those were the three, and then Brady has just earned his way into it. I think we all would agree, John. Yeah. On to running back. Great ones in the in the. I had to knock Elway out of it because yeah, I was always an Elway guy. Yeah, he was always my fourth until Brady. Now he's my five. Okay, John. Only only four rookie runners have led the NFL in rushing in the game's modern era, and that being 1960 and on. Earl Campbell in 1978, George Rogers 81, Eric Dickerson 83, and Edron James 99. Who was the most impressive rookie runner you've seen enter this league? Well, if it's just pure running, if you're talking about just running the ball, not a complete back, but a running, I, I still think the impact that Earl Campbell made essentially shocked the nation because nobody had seen a guy like that in a lot of years knocking over grown men and doing it on a consistent basis through that first season. He just looked. And he turned that team into a legitimate Super Bowl contender. They were knocking on the door. In 1977, they they were not a great team. In 78, they add Earl, and look what happens. So to yeah. me, the impact is there. Although he was he's not as good a back as some of the others that you mentioned over in the overall game, receiving and blocking. You know, Elliot, his style reminds me of Adrian Peterson. You know, both are such violent runners. But those type of runners wind up getting hurt. And, and Earl Campbell is another example. He was such a violent runner, and injuries shortened his career. Where do you see Elliott five years from now, ten years from now? Well, I think in ten years he'll be out of the game. I, I don't see him as a guy that's going to be like Emmett and can play at a top level for 12, 13, 14 years. If you follow what running backs do, and, and a lot of researchers, we do that, they have this kind of arc where – you've got to get most of your rushing yards in your five, first five, six seasons, and you hope you don't get hurt. But I see him as being a legitimate rushing crown title kind of running back for four or five years. And after that, the, I think the wear and tear is going to get to him if he continues to play like this. Emmett was, as you know, a physical freak, not from speed and size and skill, but from being able to take a beating. I just don't know how he did it. I don't know what the combination of – fast twitch and slow twitch muscles he had, but he sure had endurance and avoided injury. I don't see Ezekiel as having that type of body. Yeah, Smith, was he had an amazing knack of, of not taking a hit. I don't recall, I, I can't count on, my, on one hand the five big hits he took in his career. He always seemed to get out of the way of that knockout punch. Yeah, and the worst injury I remember him having is that shoulder injury yeah. in the, the 93 season, and he played gutted through that. Right. And that was just, to me, that solidified him as an all-time great right then. But you're right, he just didn't have, he just didn't take the big hits like some of the guys did. Well, we're speaking with one of the NFL's all-time greats. That would be NFL historian John Turney of Pro Football Journal on the Talk of Fame Network. And you can find us at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at, at talkoffamenet. And John, the top three running backs, at least as as rookies, we mentioned him, mentioned Dickerson, Earl Campbell, Barry Sanders. At least for yardage, are in the hall and and numbers four and five. At least for yardage, Edge, Adrian Peterson, are in the conversation. Um, I understand we're, we're talking just one year here with Ezekiel Elliott, but does he remind you of any of these guys? Any of those five? You know, I, I a little bit. Um, Goose mentioned Adrian Peterson, but I I think he reminds me a little more of Adrian James in certain ways in being productive in all phases of the game. He's not as good a pass blocker as Edge was, but I think Peyton Manning had a lot to do with that and making sure that Edge did what he was supposed to do. But if you look at the overall, I think uh, Elliott is is very good in the passing game. 
he hasn't been used as much as Edron James, but I think he's effective. He catches the ball, and he's kind of got some slashing moves out there. So he reminds me of the ones we're talking about, of Edron James the most in terms of productivity. He's the guy that's going to carry for 1,500 yards, 1,700 yards, and, and catch another four or 500 yards and passes in his great years. And that's what Edron James would do regularly. John, give us your top list. Top three running backs of all time. Huh. Uh, Jim Brown, number one. Well, after that, it gets it gets hard, but I'm going to go still Walter Payton, number two, and the third all-time. In terms of doing everything, receiving, blocking, I've got to go Marshall Falk. Wow. Really, over Gale Sayers. Yeah. We- yeah, I, it, I think Marshall was healthier. I think also uh, sure. his pass blocking, I got to see it a lot more. And also he could line up and do things. That, that others couldn't do. He could have been a, a slot receiver in the NFL. To me, Walter Payton did everything even better than, than Marshall in the sense that he lead blocked. Remember in the old days when they would yeah, have the, the, yeah. the formations brown and red? To, he would lead for Roland Harper. Roland Harper would gain 800 yards. So Marshall didn't do that, and they were both great pass blockers. In terms of skill sets and receiving, Marshall's the best receiving running back of all time. And so you sure. add that together with his goal line running, he would score 20 touchdowns a year. That's why I've got to put Falk up there with uh, Jim Brown and, and uh, Walter Payton. You know, it's funny. We had Mike Curtis on here last week, and he said of all the backs he had to face, Gail Sayers, not Jim Brown, Gail Sayers was the toughest for him to defend, the toughest for him to catch. Um, and I look at your list, and I, I just wonder, is it longevity that separates Sayers from Falk, or is it, is it something more? I mean, you just simply like the more Longevity. Back. It's longevity. Uh, Gail Sayers hurt his knee late in 1968. He came back in 69, and I've seen quite a few partial games. There are no full games that I know of, and he just wasn't the same. He did lead the league in rushing. It was like 1,030-something yards. But he, his, his yards per carry wasn't there. He wasn't returning kicks anymore, that type of thing. So, yeah, it, it's longevity. And, and Marshall was a, a three-time offensive player of the year, was an MVP, won the championship. So there's other little intangibles that I factor into that, in, in just my opinion. Hey, John, thanks as always. We're out of time. If we don't speak to you before come, the time coming up here, have a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, and we'll catch you first thing in 2017. All right, I'll, I'll be around. Thanks, Thanks John. Thanks, John. That was NFL story John Turney at Pro Football Journal. Up next, Hall of Fame semifinalist Kevin Mawai. This is the Talk of Fame Network. Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by MyCleanPC. If your computer runs slowly, just log on to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download software that can clean up what may be slowing your computer down. That's MyCleanPC.com. Talk of Fame Network is also brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to Geico.com. When you're opening a new office location, but deadlines don't let up, you need to make sure your team can start working fast, which means all of a sudden, you're looking to buy new conference tables, chairs, laptops, and whiteboards quickly. Business cards from American Express Open can give you buying power to help cover the big purchases you need to make when you need to make them. Find out how American Express cards and services can help prepare you for growth at open.com. When your business is construction and you get a big job that has to be done in record time, you need to get the ball rolling, which means all of a sudden you're looking to buy enough sheetrock and lumber, steel, and other materials quickly. 
business cards from American Express Open can give you buying power to help cover the big purchases you need to make when you need to make them. Find out how American Express cards and services can help prepare you for growth at open.com. Burger King presents Breakfast Stories. Today's story, Big Jim and three pancakes for 89 cents. I don't care what you call them, pancakes, flipjacks, flapcakes. The point is, at Burger King, you can get a stack of three of them for 89 cents. What kind of deal is this? Uh, a great one? Fill up on three golden pancakes for 89 cents. This is not breakfast. This is a Burger King breakfast. Get three pancakes for 89 cents, only at Burger King. Limited time only. Price and participation vary. Go from tank to tankless. Make the right play by choosing Renai Tankless Water Heaters. Get yourself out of hot water at home by choosing the best water heating solution available. Why don't you tell us about the last time you were in hot water with your significant other? Visit GetHotWater.com to submit your story for a chance to be a part of our weekly giveaway for football tickets. Grand prize winners will have a chance to win a pair of playoff tickets and a Renai water heater. Visit Renai.us for more information about their innovative products. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Gosselin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. I want winners. Just a reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is sponsored by GEICO, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details... Go to Geico.com. You know something? You probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Our next guest is one of 26 semifinalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame's Class of 2017. Former center Kevin Mawai was more than an anchor with the New York Jets and later the Tennessee Titans. He was an eight-time Pro Bowler, a seven-time first-team All-Pro, member of the 2000s All-Decade Team, and NFLPA president. Now he's working as an assistant with Chicago Bears. You know what? They probably could use him on the offensive line. And gracious enough to sit down with us. Hey, Kevin, thanks so much for being here. I'm glad to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Hey, Kevin, you heard me tick off those accomplishments earlier. Um, Which of those gives you the greatest satisfaction? Oh, man. You know, I think for me it's the 16 years. (laughs) Um, You know, when you come in the league, you you just try to – you have a goal. I had a goal in mind to play 10, and I figured anything after that would be bonus. So to get 16 in is a quite an, you know, quite an accomplishment. And, um, that's the one I think I'm most proud of. The other things are just – you know, those are based on what I did on the field, but I couldn't have done them without my teammates. And, you know, coaches put me in a great position to, to do things. And um, so, yeah, I would have to say the 16 years more than anything. Kevin, in your 16 years, you blocked for 13,000-yard rushing seasons by five different backs, including two rushing champions and one 2,000-yard rusher. So how much of a great running game is the line, and how much of it is the back? Oh, man, well, it's hard to say it's all about the line. When, you know, for eight of those years, it's Curtis Martin, and he's a Hall of Famer himself. And uh, But, you know, I think it, it's, it goes hand in hand. You have to have a good feel for your running back, and he has to have an understanding for the, the chemistry of the offensive line and, and how, you know, how they're working together. And it's kind of it's unique in that, you know, a lot of times on teams I spent time on, we spent time with the running backs in our room just discussing where the ball's going to hit, where do you think you're going to set the block up at, things like that. So it doesn't just happen. It's something that takes a lot of work. And, um, 
I think it's a combination of both. And in all the years I had, especially all those 1,000-yard rushes, we had some pretty good running backs. Curtis Martin, Chris Johnson, Travis Henry, Chris Warren back when I was in Seattle, and guys like that. So, But it's a great combination. But you also got to throw in the receivers, too, because without guys down there you know, being selfless and you know, blocking down the field and the second-level and third-level defenders, you know, some of those plays, you know, those big runs that get you over the 1,000-yard mark aren't going to happen. I was talking to uh, Bill Parcells this week, big fan of yours, less of a fan of mine, but we're sort of friends. Uh, but he, but he, did, he did say to me, you know. He kind of has that with some other reporters, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he got a few. He got a few. He's got a few. You know? But he, he said to me, you know, that guy was better than Damani Dawson, meaning yourself. He said he could run better than Damani Dawson, and he had this tremendous size. How much of a of just a gift was that, that ability to you know be as big as you were and also be able to move, and how much of it was – you know, agility work and all those kind of things that you, that you did because you did move incredibly well and pull and all that for a, for such a big center. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of it's just the natural ability. Um, some guys have it, some guys don't. You know, when I first got to the Jets, I was 305, and I really did not feel comfortable playing at that size. I actually ended up playing down to 285 and eventually down to 280. But I was able to move, and they gave me the ability to do that. Charlie Weiss was the offense coordinator when I first got there, and then Dan Henning and you know, more importantly, Bill Muir um, saw the ability in me to do some of those things on the edge from the center position, and they just drew it up and so and let me do my thing. And um, but it's a lot of work, you know. You're very conscious of your footwork and you know where the inserts are when you're pulling around the edge and corners. And and then obviously not everybody has a knack for climbing on a second level defender or you know third level defender, and you know not necessarily just blocking them, but just getting in their way is a feat in itself. But uh, I enjoyed doing it. I challenged myself to, to be the best at that part of the game that a lot of centers didn't do then and still can't do now. And you know, But, again, it goes back to having a running back that understood how I played the game. And, uh, you know, Curtis Martin was one of my favorites because he had patience with me getting around the corner and the edge, and he did a great job setting blocks for me. But, you know, it, it doesn't come naturally uh, for some people. For me, I thought it came pretty easily. But I did have to work on it on a day-to-day basis. Are most centers not able to do it? Is that why they don't try to do it more with other guys? Or, or is there just more work that has to be done and they don't want to take the time to do it? Yeah, I think a lot of guys, there's a lot of guys that can't do it. During the time when I was with the Jets and we did a lot of the pull and the toss sweeps and cracks with the center, um, you know, we just spent, we invested in it. And a lot of teams started trying to, to duplicate what we were trying to do and they just couldn't do it. They didn't have the guys that were physical enough or – or didn't have the athletic ability enough to get out there. And, you know, it's hard for a 320-pound center to run out in open field versus a 285-pound guy. And, and I, you know, so, you know, it's a lot a lot less weight carrying around the corner, if you will. And, but you you got to invest in it. And coaches have to be willing to invest in it as well. You know, it's time on tasks during a work week. And, you know, a lot of times you get a center out there and he runs the back off course or the back runs into him on his pool. And coaches just want to toss the play out. It's, uh, I was thankful I had coaches that had confidence in me being able to do that um, and be able to spend the time in practice to, to rep those uh, those plays. We're speaking with Hall of Fame semifinalist Kevin Mawai on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at, at Talk of Fame Net. And Kevin, I did mention you're one of 26 semifinalists for the class of 2017. We and the 45 others who are in that room, Hall of Fame voters, have to cut that list down to 15 in a couple of weeks or so, but certainly this month. My question to you is, if you could stand in front of all 48 people right now and say, this is why I should be among 
among those 15. What would you tell us that could push you maybe over the top? You know, I think if I had to say what I did that made me different was I changed the way the center played the game with the ability to be out in the open field, pulling. You know, I mean, there was times where I pulled and I, I tried blocked in the line of scrimmage. I, I've never seen a center yet pull on the goal line, which I did in 98. And, uh, you know, things like that. And so it, it opened up offenses for a lot of people. And, and not until I started doing it on a regular basis did anybody even consider or even try to, to use the center as the featured puller on runs. And then if you just go back and look, and again, and I didn't even know, I knew I had a lot of 13, you know, thousand yard rushers, but at 13 out of a 16 year career, um, again, that's a, a collective effort with myself and, and all the other guys. But um, out of those 13 years, you know, I played 241 games. I started 238 of them. You know, the ones that I didn't play in or because of significant injuries, but every game that I played in, I started. And so it speaks to my longevity and, and durability and, and accountability to my teammates and my team. And, uh, you know, it's just – so those are things that I would first come to mind. But really it would be hard-pressed to sit in a room with a list of guys that are so deserving other than myself and say I'm better than these guys are because at the end of the day, everybody in their own right had something – special going on that made them different than everybody else. Kevin, I mentioned that one 2,000-yard season by Chris Johnson when you were at Tennessee. There have been seven 2,000-yard rushes in history. How exhilarating was it chasing down history, and when did 2,000 crystallize into a goal for the offensive line that season? Well, that, that season was exciting. We didn't have the winning season that we hoped. We were coming off a 13-3 and year where you know we had the dual backfield with you know, Chris Johnson and Lindell White. And both those guys ran well that year, and then the following year in '09, when Chris became our, you know, our featured running back. I mean, he made our job so much easy, easier than they could have been for a lot of other people because he was so fast. And when he hit the hole and he got past the second level, nobody was going to catch him. And so we knew that was special about him. And all we had to do was give him a crease. And so as the season wore, you stuck going on. We got mid-season, realized that 2,000 yards could be a reality and not just the 2000 but the break you know break eric dickerson's record was something that we were gunning for and i believe going into the seattle game we were only 160 yards rushing short or something like that of his record and um you know we hit a 65 yarder early in the game in the first quarter that that would have made it easier for us to catch it and then we got called back on a holding call so that was a disappointment but we knew going into the 16th game of the season that we were going to break 2,000 yards and we were going to do it pretty easily so that was our goal we couldn't go we weren't going to make the playoffs we knew that our goal was to get Chris you know 2,000 yards but we kind of had that sense around week 8, 9, 10 somewhere in there that that it was possible that we could chase history and you know, we went out and did it and that was a fun season to be a part of that and it was a great way for me to end my career Hey Kevin thanks so much for the time best of luck with your Hall of Fame candidacy and best of luck with the rest of the season in Chicago Thank you Jim I really appreciate it greatly thank you That was Hall of Fame semifinalist Kevin Mawai Up next why Ron thinks Clay Matthews Jr. belongs in Canton You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network When you're opening a new office location but deadlines don't let up you need to make sure your team can start working fast, which means all of a sudden you're looking to buy new conference tables, chairs, laptops, and whiteboards quickly. Business cards from American Express Open can give you buying power to help cover the big purchases you need to make when you need to make them. Find out how American Express cards and services can help prepare you for growth at open.com. 
When your medical practice is growing fast and you have more patients than you have room for, you need to start, well, making some room. Which means all of a sudden, you're looking to buy new exam tables and stools, x-ray machines and microscopes quickly. Business cards from American Express Open can give you buying power to help cover the big purchases you need to make when you need to make them. Find out how American Express cards and services can help prepare you for growth at open.com. Burger King presents Breakfast Stories. Today's story, Big Jim and three pancakes for 89 cents. I don't care what you call them, pancakes, flipjacks, flapcakes. The point is, at Burger King, you can get a stack of three of them for 89 cents. What kind of deal is this? Uh, a great one? Fill up on three golden pancakes for 89 cents. This is not breakfast. This is a Burger King breakfast. Get three pancakes for 89 cents, only at Burger King. Limited time only. Price and participation vary. I'm Jay Farner, president of Quicken Loans. Recently, mortgage rates have dropped to the second lowest level in history. The rate today on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is all the way down to 4.125%. APR, 4.82%. It's a great time to refinance with Quicken Loans and save hundreds every month. So lock in this ultra-low rate before it goes back up. Call 800-QUICKEN. That's 800-QUICKEN. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSConsumeraccess.org, number 3030. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Hey, Ron Borges. Yes, sir. You know what it means when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? It time of year when you need Christmas money, you should be calling Geico. And you should have done it 15 minutes ago. So go to Geico.com now. Gooseman. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go make money. He's gonna go make money. So Goose, okay. riddle me this. What does it mean when Geico... Oh, no, I just asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> the Detroit Lions, your Detroit Lions, they lose Calvin Johnson, right? Yeah, Dancing with the Stars. And he was the greatest wide receiver, I think, in team's history. Uh, that was supposed to cripple him, Goose, yet they're 8-4 and four and on top of the NFC North. So what in the name of uh, Gail Cogdell, Pat Studstill, Herman Moore, you name it, what's going on with those Lions? You know, without Johnson, Stafford is now allowed to run the offense the way it was drawn up instead of trying to force the ball to Calvin. He takes the football where his reads lead him to the open man. That increases the completion percentage and reduces the interception. So there's better ball distribution and more players involved. Lions have three receivers with at least 50 catches and two more in the 40s. Stanford's completing a career-best 67% of his throws and has thrown only five interceptions. When your quarterback has an efficiency rating in the 100s, as Stafford does, your offense and team generally benefits as the Lions are. Ah, Matt Stafford, you love those Dallas area guys, don't you, Gooseman? Highland Park, Bobby Lane. There you go. Uh, hey, Goose, Goose Lions, two-game lead in that division. You like their chances? Yeah, very much so. You know, the okay. two-game two lead, four to play, two home games left against division foes, Chicago and Green Bay. Ten victories is within reach, and that should give the Lions the north. Well, hey, Goose, do you, have, do you have, excuse me, Clark, but Goose, do you have any, uh, you feel sorry at all for Calvin Johnson? It's his choice. Right. I mean, well, I feel sorry if Gronkowski retires. I mean, it's, you would, it's their choice. You know, Johnson. Clark, Gooseman is hard. We should not call him Gooseman. We should call him Hawk. His talons are out. This guy is <laughs> he hard. <cited>. Man. <laughs> no, I, Hawk. I, give, I, I give guys credit for walking in with, with their bodies still intact. You know, there, well, there's, there's I, life after football. Hey, you know what? I give Ron credit here for doing what he did this week. 
And that has nothing to do with Calvin Johnson. and everything to do with Clay Matthews. Yeah, former linebacker. Ronnie pushed him for Canton this week. Why well, I'm just moving this conversation along, guys. <laughs> that was on our website, talkoffamenetwork.com. Ron, uh, you presented Lake Ken Stabler to the board a year ago. Guess what? He was voted in. You presented Ray yep. Guy to the board two years ago. Guess what? He was voted in. So, Ron, you got the magic. I'm rolling. Let's hear your pitch for Clay Matthews. Well, guys, you know, only two linebackers in NFL history have thrown more men to the ground than Clay Matthews Jr., who did it 1,561 times. And when you think about it, isn't that a linebacker's most important job, throw you on the ground? Only eight non-kickers have played in more NFL games than Clay Matthews Jr.'s, 278. When you think about it, isn't consistent availability and surefire reliability two of the most significant traits in an NFL linebacker? And no player older than Clay Matthews Jr. Uh, was when he registered his final sack at the age of 40 years, 282 days, has ever thrown an NFL quarterback on his head. Doesn't the fact that he was still around to do that 19 years after his career began with the Cleveland Browns in 1978 speak to his unique ability? question is, does such things make you a Hall of Famer? Clay Matthews is about to find out after having been named Hall of Fame semifinals for the second time. He's the brother of Hall of Famer Bruce Matthews. is the father of six-time Pro Bowl linebacker Clay Matthews III. His dad, of course, was an NFL player. Uh, but the middle Matthews amassed a pile of stats that speak to his game-changing uh, nature. Four-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, those, all those 1,561 tackles we talked about, topped only by Jesse Tuggle, who knew, and Ray Lewis. And his 248 starts at linebacker is, is an NFL record, putting him ahead of Junior Seau's 243. To start that many games speaks a lot to your uh, ability uh, because the NFL is a harsh environment and they don't really look kindly on elderly people who don't produce. The point is driven home by the fact that he averaged 5.62 tackles per game in his career. He missed a total of only 26 games and had six and a half sacks after the age of 40. He also had 69 and a half sacks in his career, uh, and that number really understates his true production because for the first five years, it wasn't an official stat. No one kept track. So if he just took his average, his career average of just over five sacks a season and added those, that's another 25. He's nearly at 100. That's the magic number. Whether Clay Matthews Jr. deserves a place in Canton is a subject of debate because he was more than someone who showed up for work. He was someone who made an impact when he went there. Well, that's the sound that we're almost out of time here in the first half of our show. So, Ron, let's get to the two-minute drill. You got this week's questions. Let's hear them. Okay, guys. Whose seat is hotter? Ted, uh, Todd Bowles, Gus Bradley, Marvin Lewis, or John Fox? After Monday night, Todd Bowles is sitting in a microwave. Barack Obama. Guaranteed he's out of a job by January. Can Marvin Lewis uh, survive by being sure of not losing another playoff game this season? Not only can he survive, he should survive. Taking a team to the playoffs five times in six years makes him worthy of a return engagement. Agree, Goose. If he can survive Skyline Chili, he can survive this. Will Rex Ryan be back in Buffalo next year after blowing 24-9 lead and a chance to keep his playoff hopes alive against the Raiders last week? Or will he be sent off to get some snacks? The only way he isn't back is if the Bills can coax Buffalinian Scotty Bowman to switch from <laughs> hockey to football. Yeah, Rex is going to be back. Selling women's shoes. <laughs> uh, who's the best current pass rusher nobody knows? D. Ford. When you think of the Kansas City pass rush, you think Tom Holly and Justin Houston. But Ford leads Chiefs with 10 sacks. Joey Bosa. Nobody knows he invented the Bosa Nova. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor, my pal, has been held under 200 passing yards in eight of his 12 games. Can you win with a Tyrod loose in the NFL? Bill Belichick could. He could win with Ron at quarterback. Ron, ask your pals the Patriots. He beat them. 
Are the Steelers for real in the postseason, or will their defense let them down? And the Steelers have the Ravens at home on Christmas Day. We'll find out then. Well, Ron, once their defense was the teal curtain, now it's a Venetian blind. Connect the dots. <laughs> Who wins the national championship? Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, or Washington? Bama. I like Bama against an all-star team of those other three schools. Agreed. Bama. They're so good the NFL wants to move them to London. Who wins the world championship? New England, Dallas, Seattle, Oakland, or Bama? Perhaps the greatest team ever assembled, the 2016 Dallas Cowboys. Real Madrid. <laughs> San Diego State's Cornell Pumphrey has rushed for 6,290 yards in his career and needs only 108 more in the Las Vegas Bowl to become the all-time leader. You betting on him being a better pro than the man whose record he's going to break, Ron Dane? He's already broken all of Marshall Falk's record at San Diego State, so I like his chances. No, I'm not. When it comes to football, I'm always betting Dartmouth over Cornell. Jeff Fisher couldn't find the red challenge flag in his pocket on Sunday against the Patriots. Belichick effect or time to get a weekday job? He should have checked Eric Dickerson's pockets. Guys, and had a winning season seven years, Ron, so you tell me. That's the end of our first hour, but don't go anywhere. We'll be back in hour number two with a salute to the Decemberists with former Packers star Dave Robinson. And we're going to talk about the Tampa Bay Bucks with Hall of Fame voter Ira Kaufman. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. This is Brian Billick, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. I'm Jay Farner, president of Quicken Loans. Recently, mortgage rates have dropped to the second lowest level in history. The rate today on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is all the way down to 4.125%. APR, 4.82%. It's a great time to refinance with Quicken Loans and save hundreds every month. So lock in this ultra-low rate before it goes back up. Call 800-QUICKEN. That's 800-QUICKEN. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSConsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Burger King presents Breakfast Stories. Today's story, Big Jim and three pancakes for 89 cents. I don't care what you call them, pancakes, flipjacks, flapcakes. The point is, at Burger King, you can get a stack of three of them for 89 cents. What kind of deal is this? Uh, a great one? Fill up on three golden pancakes for 89 cents. This is not breakfast. This is a Burger King breakfast. Get three pancakes for 89 cents, only at Burger King. Limited time only. Price and participation vary. Go from tank to tankless. Make the right play by choosing Renai Tankless Water Heaters. Get yourself out of hot water at home by choosing the best water heating solution available. Why don't you tell us about the last time you were in hot water with your significant other? Visit GetHotWater.com to submit your story for a chance to be a part of our weekly giveaway for football tickets. Grand prize winners will have a chance to win a pair of playoff tickets and a Renai water heater. Visit Renai.us for more information about their innovative products. Geico presents a voicemail from your friend, Electricity. Hey, it's me, Electricity, so I'll keep this short. <laughs> Get it? Never mind. Anyway, I just want to make sure you're not, like, still mad at me about that electrical fire in your kitchen. I mean, obviously you're not, but I'm just checking to make sure. It's no big deal if you are. It's not like you're asking me to pay for the damage. <laughs> right? Electricity won't pay for an electrical fire. Luckily, the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting coverage a snap. Visit GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. 
This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. What the hell are we waiting on? Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges. Do you want it or not? Rick Gosselin. Do you understand there's a price to pay? And Clark Judge. Can we have fun? You're damn right. I demand that we have fun. Hey, Ron, let's go get some snacks, huh? I love snacks. So does our next guest. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so does Rex, too. Hey, uh, welcome back to our number two of the Talk of Fame Network. On the next 60 minutes, we're going to celebrate the month of December by toasting the best of the worst. That would be the worst weather games this month that we put in our Hall of Fame. And we'll speak to Hall of Famer Dave Robinson about one of them. Probably, you know, the most famous of them all, the 1967 Ice Bowl between the Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers. But first, first we're going to celebrate snacks and the Tampa Bay Bucks. You heard me, the Tampa Bay Bucks, who are driving toward a possible playoff spot? That's right, Jamor, I said playoffs. A smart man once told me, don't fall asleep on the Bucks. And you know what? That smart man's with us today. Hall of Fame voter, Ira Kaufman, who is the NFL and Bucks columnist for JoeBucksFan.com. Ira, you doing as well as the team you cover? Guys, you could have had an eight-year snooze and not worry about following the Bucks. You, you <laughs> would have been fine. Goose and uh, Clark and Ron, it's great to be with you. Uh, relevant games in December, guys. Very, very unusual down here on the west coast of Florida. One little nugget I want to start off with you guys uh, because you're all into this. The Buck December record in the last decade was 11 and 37. That was the worst record, worse than the Browns, gentlemen, in December. And they're off to a 1 0 start. They're on a four game winning streak. And they don't want to talk about the P word down here in Tampa, guys, but we, we can talk about it on this show. Okay, so let's talk about it, Ira. Put away your pom poms. Put away those gift certificates to Leroy Soman's restaurant. And, and tell me, tell me, are the Bucks a legitimate P word? I guess we can mention it. Playoff? Are they a legitimate playoff threat? Guys, they need to win three out of four games. And with all due respect to Goose's Cowboys, which is about as tough you know, a venue as there is in the NFL in 2016, they got the Saints twice, and they got, you know, Carolina uh, and the final game of the year, and if anybody watched the Panthers the other night, uh. they, they don't look too interested right now, guys. <laughs> uh, so, you know, who knows if Keekley's playing that, that day and, and, and Cam and whatever, and it's not a bad time to play the Panthers. I mean, they, they, could, they could be 5-10 uh, and 10 at that point. So if the Bucks get to 10, guys, uh, you know, they, they got a real good shot. They beat the Chiefs uh, and the Seahawks in back-to-back weeks, guys. That's legit. Uh, San Diego's not a bad team, Clark. I think no, they're, they're an average team. Right. Um, at home. It's tough to and, beat them there. Uh, it's tough and, to beat them there, Ira. That was a good win. And beat them there. So, you know, Winston's playing at a, a, an incredible level for a second-year player. And I think most importantly, the defense has uh, improved markedly. Ira, the Bucks were 2-4 and four with 1,000-yard rusher Doug Martin out in the first half of the season with an injury. He returned in November for the Chicago game. He scored only two touchdowns in the four games he's been back. And hasn't rushed for 100 yards yet, but the Bucks are 4-0 since his return. What has been his impact on this offense? I'd say very minimal, Rick. Very minimal, which makes this winning streak even uh, more surprising. Uh, look, Martin was fantastic as a rookie. Had two bad years. 
injury riddled, ineffective, and was fantastic again last year. All pro, not pro bowl, all pro, and uh, finished second in the league in rushing. So what happens? He gets a five-year contract for $35 million. And, Rick, then he pulls his hamstring in, in the second game of the year at Arizona and hasn't been the same, wasn't very good before he pulled the hamstring in limited snaps. He's been no factor, Rick, zero. Their running game was a big, big key last year. They set franchise records uh, with a rookie quarterback who took every snap, every single snap last year, and they gained over 6,000 yards uh, because they had a balanced offense. This year, not very balanced, not very, uh, not very efficient running the ball. It just hasn't, and, and a couple of guys have been more effective than Martin. Jacquez Rogers, remember him from the Falcons, yep. but he's always been a third down back. Uh, they're getting Charles Sims back this week. I think that's going to help. He's a good number two. Guys, as a number two back last year, and this really went unnoticed, Charles Sims gained 1,000 yards from scrimmage playing behind an all-pro running back. That doesn't happen. Yeah. So he's a tremendous receiver. That's going to help the Bucks. But, Rick, Doug Martin just hasn't had it this year. He hasn't had a run of 20 yards wow. uh, in 95 carries. Uh, he just doesn't show the same burst, Rick. Well, one guy who does have it is uh, well, two guys. One is you, of course, uh, Ira, and, <laughs> yeah. and the other one is, is Jameis Winston, who you mentioned. You know, that guy, to me, is not only a uh, young quarterback on the rise, but he, the things that I've seen in the games he's played is the same thing you saw at Florida State, and you would know better than me if I'm right about this. But he just looks like a guy that you would follow into a burning building if he said to you, Ira, you're not going to have a scratch on you. Even though you know better, you'd go in the building with him. You know, I mean, he just seems like a, a leader who really can push these guys. Ron, you, you got your finger right on it with Winston. You know, it's not his 40 time, which is 4.9. Uh, it, it's not his, uh, you know, accuracy, because he's never going to be Drew Brees uh, at 68%. It's his leadership. And it's not phony, guys. Look, we've been around. Football players aren't dumb. If you're not genuine, they'll see through you in about a minute and a half. I saw what he did with guys like Logan Mankins, who Ron knows well, last year, Vincent Jackson. The, these guys, you know, were following him anywhere. Um, and it's tough to get guys like that motivated. They've seen it all. And the kid's here at 6 o'clock in the morning. He's beating the coaches in. If you put your work in, Ron, and you back up, the, you know, all the rah-rah stuff, uh, then you got a winning combination. I think what's great about last year's draft is Mariota's going to be outstanding, too. So, they yeah. went 1-2. Uh, you know, Buck fans were, were torn about Winston's past. Turns out both of them, I think, are going to be outstanding. Right. We're speaking with Hall of Fame voter, JoeBucksFan.com columnist, and apparently Jameis Winston press agent, Ira Kaufman, on the Talk of Fame Network. You can find us at TalkOfFameNetwork.com or on Twitter at, at TalkOfFameNet. And Ira, since you mentioned that Dallas game, I want to go to that. That's a big speed bump I have for your team. I think it's December 18th. Um, as you mentioned, your Bucks beat yep. the Chiefs in Kansas City. That was a good one. They ended a 10-game home winning streak. Then they come back and they beat the Seahawks. How are they going to solve the Cowboys, though? It's going to be hard. Now, that game's been flexed, guys. It's been flexed, uh, which is, you know, mostly a reflection on the Cowboys. But believe me, if, if the Cowboys were playing the Jaguars, that, that game wouldn't be flexed. So... <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you got to give the Bucks. You got to give the Bucks part of that. I talked to the GM today. He's not too thrilled with that game being flexed from a Bucks standpoint because it, it kind of takes them off routine a little bit. That that's a tall order, guys. Now I'll say this, <laughs> and Rick, tell me if I'm wrong. Isn't there a small, small chance that the Cowboys could wrap up the the one seed by then? I think there is. Everything Very would have so. to happen, fall in place. 
And then, you know, then you might be looking at, uh, at you know, Tony Romo for three quarters and, and maybe Elliott sits down. You know, a lot of factors go into that. I don't know how important that game is going to be to the Cowboys, but I do know how important it is to the Bucks. That's a tough one. I mean, Dallas is going to be favored by, you know, seven to ten points. Uh, I don't think the Bucks have the run defense guys to slow down what is clearly the best offensive line uh, in football. One of the best I've ever seen. Goose, that Dallas line, tell me if I'm wrong, but it kind of reminds me of uh, what the Chiefs had built in Kansas City in the early 2000s with, with, with some Hall of Fame players. Uh, KC did whatever they wanted with Trent Green. Uh, Goose, uh, it shows you what you can do with, with, with an offensive line that dominant. Yeah, both with a rookie quarterback and a rookie running back. And I was speaking of your defensive line. Gerald McCoy leads all NFL defensive tackles and sacks this season with seven. Is he the best defensive tackle in the game? And how would you compare him to your good friend, Warren Sapp? <laughs> Rick, he's, he, he's the opposite of Warren Sapp uh, in temperament. Sapp, brash, you, you know, uh, offended a lot of people. Uh, McCoy gets criticized down here, guys. You're not going to believe this. For being too nice. He, um, <laughs> he'll never accuse you of that, him. Ira. We don't have to worry about that, do we? <laughs> Run. He'll, lift, he'll be the first guy to lift the running back, you know, back off the ground. If a guy's hurt on the other team, he, you know, he's the first guy over there to offer encouragement. And, you know, Buck fans are used to 99. I mean, they're used to nasty. And, right. and here comes McCoy. And, of course, his first two years, he, he tore a bicep in each year, a different bicep. So now they're thinking the guy's brittle. Well, it turns out he's not. Uh, now, look, he was the third pick in that draft behind Sue. Is he better than Sue? I, I think he is. You know, he's an 8-9 sack guy. And, guys, what, you know, besides Randall and Sapp, I mean, it, it's tough to get double-digit sacks as an interior lineman. It's really hard. So, you know, he is where he is. Yep. I, I got to stop you right there. We got to run. We got out of time. It is what it is All here, right, too. Boy. We're out of time. Hey, listen, thanks so much, and best of luck backing up that Bucks bandwagon. Okay? See you in the Super Bowl with those yes, Bucks. Sir. Catch you later, guys. Okay, you got it. Thanks. thanks. That was Hall of Fame voter Ira Kaufman. Up next, the best of the worst weather games in December. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is Tori Holt, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. When you're opening a new office location, but deadlines don't let up, you need to make sure your team can start working fast, which means all of a sudden, you're looking to buy new conference tables, chairs, laptops, and whiteboards quickly. Business cards from American Express Open can give you buying power to help cover the big purchases you need to make when you need to make them. Find out how American Express cards and services can help prepare you for growth at open.com. When your business is construction and you get a big job that has to be done in record time, you need to get the ball rolling, which means all of a sudden you're looking to buy enough sheetrock and lumber, steel, and other materials quickly. Business cards from American Express Open can give you buying power to help cover the big purchases you need to make when you need to make them. Find out how American Express cards and services can help prepare you for growth at open.com. I'm Jay Farner, president of Quicken Loans. Recently, mortgage rates have dropped to the second lowest level in history. The rate today on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is all the way down to 4.125%. APR, 4.82%. It's a great time to refinance with Quicken Loans and save hundreds every month. So lock in this ultra-low rate before it goes back up. Call 800-QUICKEN. That's 800-QUICKEN. 
Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSConsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Burger King presents Breakfast Stories. Today's story, Big Jim and three pancakes for 89 cents. I don't care what you call them, pancakes, flipjacks, flapcakes. The point is, at Burger King, you can get a stack of three of them for 89 cents. What kind of deal is this? Uh, a great one? Fill up on three golden pancakes for 89 cents. This is not breakfast. This is a Burger King breakfast. Get three pancakes for 89 cents. Only at Burger King. Limited time only. Price and participation vary. Go from tank to tankless. Make the right play by choosing Renai tankless water heaters. Get yourself out of hot water at home by choosing the best water heating solution available. Why don't you tell us about the last time you were in hot water with your significant other? Visit GetHotWater.com to submit your story for a chance to be a part of our weekly giveaway for football tickets. Grand prize winners will have a chance to win a pair of playoff tickets and a Renai water heater. Visit Renai.us for more information about their innovative products. GEICO presents a voicemail from your friend, Electricity. Hey, it's me, Electricity, so I'll keep this short. (laughs) Get it? Never mind. Anyway, I just want to make sure you're not, like, still mad at me about that electrical fire in your kitchen. I mean, obviously you're not, but I'm just checking to make sure. It's no big deal if you are. It's not like you're asking me to pay for the damage. (laughs) Right? Electricity won't pay for an electrical fire. Luckily, the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting coverage a snap. Visit GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. Hey, Hall of Fame voter, Ron Borges. Yes, sir. You know what it means? What Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? Should have been on the phone 15 minutes ago, Clark. That's why he's a Hall of Fame voter. Get Thank there. Go to Geico.com. And Ron's right. Should have gone 15 minutes ago. So go. See you, Ron. Adios. <laughs> hey, uh, we're in the month of December, and December means all things to all people. You know, we got Christmas, snow, fantasy football playoffs. Uh, it's also this week's the 75th anniversary of Pearl Harbor, 36th anniversary of the death of John Lennon, the 100th anniversary, as in birthday, of Kirk Douglas. Wow. Amazing. Goose... What's December to you? What's it mean to you? Christmas, putting up the tree, eggnog, best time of the year. <laughs> there you go. Emphasis on the eggnog with the goose. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, what's in that eggnog? <laughs> I'll tell you what it means to me, guys. When you look under your tree and there's all these gifts there for your kids and, and your your friends and your families, I mean, we should remember that there are kids all over this country uh, who don't even have a tree let alone any boxes underneath it. And it reminds me of a, of a time I, I was doing a charity thing with my friend Teddy Atlas on Staten Island in New York with some underprivileged kids that he takes care of. Santa was there, you know, and there were all these kids there. I never will forget this, guys. Kid couldn't have been more than about six or seven years old. Everybody's sitting on Santa's lap. He gets on his lap, didn't ask him for anything. He just looked at him. He said, Santa, I've been waiting for you all my life. <laughs> <laughs> it was this. It broke your heart. It really did. Cleveland Browns were saying the same thing, Ron. Hey, uh, to me, I, listen, I, I agree with you guys, you know, the tree, Christmas and everything. But uh, when, when I think also about football, um, I, it's a great time of year because it means weather. I mean, I, I love the weather games. like that game in Green Bay last week. That was great. I love watching games in the snow like that. And, Ron, I think you probably understand. I mean, we just had snow this week in the yes. Northeast. Uh, and. You know, December is, it's everything. It's rain, sleet, snow, ice, and, and sometimes all of the above. Um, now, we've all been around this game a long time, uh, which means we've seen a lot of weather. So I want you to think 
long and hard about this because I was earlier this week, and, and that's which December games, and I mean December, not January, December, so which December games you'd put in your Weather Hall of Fame. That's right, Weather Hall of Fame. Remember, these don't have to be great games. They just have to be great bad weather games. So, Goose, I'll start with you. How about you? You don't get really that much bad weather down in Dallas, do you? But no, I, I was covering the Chiefs in 1979, and I remember the season finale at Tampa. The, but the Bucks needed a win to clinch the NFC Central in their first ever playoff berth. The game was played in an absolute monsoon. The stadium was just half full, and the field was muck. There were fumbles galore, botched snaps, drop passes, just sloppy, sloppy rain-soaked football. The Bucks wound up winning 3-0 on a 19-yard field goal in the final minutes for the first shutout in franchise history. And Tampa wound up playing in the NFC title game that season because the Bay Bucks were able to survive the worst weather game in franchise history. Wow, botch snaps, sloppy football. Sounds like the New York Jets. Ron, what about you? Yeah, yeah in September. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> or Monday night. Uh, well, as you guys know, I'm a lover of history, and uh, one of the games I remember is December 14, 1958. Windy, wet, snowy day at Yankee Stadium. The Cleveland Browns needed only to tie the Giants to win the Eastern Conference Championship game and play the Colts in the, for the title in uh, in two weeks. Giants had to win to force a one-game playoff the next week uh, against the Browns, and they did it when Pat Summerall kicked a straight-on 49-yard field goal with two minutes left through the snow for what became a 13-10 to uh, victory. Vince Lombardi was the offensive coordinator that day, and he was upset that they uh, that they decided to send him out there to kick. He didn't want to do it. And when Summerall got out there, Charlie Connolly, the quarterback, was also the holder in the huddle. And he looked up, and he saw Summerall. <laughs> he said, what the hell are you doing here? And Summerall <laughs> said, they told me to kick. And Connolly looked at him and said, really? And Summerall said, way to build my confidence. True story. <laughs> True story. Wait, but Ron, they didn't bring out a snowplow for him? No, they did not. And, of course, <laughs> you guys all know, two weeks later, the Giants win the next week. Two weeks later, they're playing in the famous sudden-death overtime game that really most people believe made the modern game. Do you think that has the same effect if they're playing in Cleveland? Right. Well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that about field goal kicking because, Ron, I'm going to your backyard. That's right, Foxborough, uh, where one of the most memorable games took place uh, on, on a rotten, one of the most rotten days that I could remember. And, and no, I'm not talking about the Tuck game. That was in January. I'm talking about December 12th, 1982 contest where a guy named Mark Henderson. Yeah, Mark Henderson was the hero. Don't look for him on your scorecard because he's not there. He didn't play for the Pats. He didn't play for the team they were playing either, and that was Miami. He drove the snowplow to clear a piece of turf. The loud Pats kicker, John Smith, great name, John Smith, to nail the game-winning field goal in a 3-0 New England win. Now, Don Shula was living about it then. He wasn't much better when we spoke to him a couple years ago on the program, and Ron asked him about Mr. Mark Henderson. Yeah, the driver was on work release from a prison or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, right. You know, it was unbelievable because uh, uh, Ron Meyer was the coach, and uh, the guy was plowing the sideline, and they were in position uh, to kick a field goal on a snowy field. So he was plowing the, the line across the field, where which he should have been doing, and when he got out toward where the ball was going to be placed, Ron Meyer goes running out and shows him exactly. So he makes a he makes like a U turn <laughs> and, and plows that area out where the uh, ball is going to be placed. Plows it out, and the Kohler puts it down. They kick it, and it's good. Later on, you know, we got a chance to kick a field goal down at the other end, 
We don't get a snowplow to plow our area out. <laughs> our kicker slips and falls on his butt. The field goal is no good. You know, we get beat three to nothing. <laughs> Shoeman's still hot about that. He always is. The thing I remember about that is, he, is he's right. You know, Henderson was uh, serving time for burglary at the MCI Norfolk. And he, he got out a few years later and I actually interviewed him. And I asked him if he was worried that day because Shula was so angry on the sidelines. He was just screaming at everybody. And I said, uh, you know, were you worried about that when he was yelling at you? He said, what was he going to do? Send me to jail? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Goose, uh, what do you got? Yeah, yeah I got a, another bad game I vividly recall was the Fog Bowl in Chicago oh, in 1988. I remember that, yeah. NFC semifinal game on New Year's Eve between the Bears and the Eagles when the fog rolled in off Lake Michigan in the second quarter. Standing in the huddle, the players couldn't see the first down markers. Sitting in the press box, you couldn't even see the players. And I remember they took a handful of media out of the field to actually watch and document the game You're or right. what they could see of it. You know, the, the Bears wound up winning 20-12, to 12, but most of the scoring came before the density of the fog engulfed the field. The, the second half scoring consisted of two field goals. But I'll leave the snow games to you guys up north. <laughs> and you know what, Goose? Bears are still in the fog. How about you, Ronnie? <laughs> Well, again, uh, turning back in the way back machine, uh, NFL championship game December 19th, 1948, was the first ever nationally televised NFL game. It was televised on something called the Dumont Network. And the weather was uh, extremely brutal that day, and both teams and their owners wanted to postpone the game because there was going to be uh, no crowd, and hence they weren't going to make any money. But <laughs> Commissioner Bert, uh, Bell was uh, fearful that if they did, TV would never again do a nationally televised NFL game because they couldn't rely on the schedule. So he said, Screw that. we got to play the game. <laughs> they had to delay the start 30 minutes because there was so much snow on the tarp they couldn't get it off. And the players from the two teams came out on the field to help push the tarp off the field. I've seen videos of it. And who's out there with them in a fedora, top coat, and a suit? Bert Bell, the commissioner of football. And I just look at that and say, hey, there's Roger Goodell. I think not. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Hey, you know what? Nobody mentioned the ice ball, the 67 ice ball. How could we miss that? I didn't, didn't ask. You didn't ask. Yeah, well, I, I, I would mention an, I'd mentioned an 87 game and I saw in Denver between the Chargers and Broncos, but I'll save that for a later time. It was 24 nothing. I walked in the second quarter because I couldn't catch a cab. Snow was coming down. There were 20,000 people in the stands, and the Broncos had putting the Chargers down. Chargers couldn't get out of town that night. Neither could I. Hey, speaking of awful games, cold December games, we're going to dress one of the most memorable with our next guest. When we're going to talk, yeah, that ice ball, that same ice ball with Hall of Famer, Dave Robinson. That's coming up right after this. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. When you're opening a new office location, but deadlines don't let up, you need to make sure your team can start working fast, which means all of a sudden you're looking to buy new conference tables and chairs, laptops and whiteboards quickly. Business cards from American Express Open can give you buying power to help cover the big purchases you need to make when you need to make them. Find out how American Express cards and services can help prepare you for growth at open.com. When your business is construction and you get a big job that has to be done in record time, you need to get the ball rolling, which means all of a sudden you're looking to buy enough sheetrock and lumber, steel and other materials quickly. Business cards from American Express Open can give you buying power to help cover the big purchases you need to make when you need to make them. Find out how American Express cards and services can help prepare you for growth at open.com. I'm Jay Farner, president of Quicken Loans. Recently, mortgage rates have dropped to the second lowest level in history. 
The rate today on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is all the way down to 4.125%. APR, 4.82%. It's a great time to refinance with Quicken Loans and save hundreds every month. So lock in this ultra-low rate before it goes back up. Call 800-QUICKEN. That's 800-QUICKEN. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSConsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Burger King presents Breakfast Stories. Today's story, Big Jim and three pancakes for 89 cents. I don't care what you call them, pancakes, flipjacks, flapcakes. The point is, at Burger King, you can get a stack of three of them for 89 cents. What kind of deal is this? Uh, a great one? Fill up on three golden pancakes for 89 cents. This is not breakfast. This is a Burger King breakfast. Get three pancakes for 89 cents, only at Burger King. Limited time only. Price and participation vary. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. Just a reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is sponsored by GEICO, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. You know what? Probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. With a Todd Rundgren intro is appropriate for our next guest because they play that at Lambeau Field all the time whenever the Packers score. And this is our first guest in uh, our December Hero Series. It's former Green Bay Packers linebacker and Hall of Famer Dave Robinson, who played in two of the most memorable NFL championship games of the 1960s when the Packers met Dallas in back-to-back playoff games to determine who'd represent the NFL in the first two Super Bowls. Of course, the Packers won both, and Dave had a hand in the first one with uh, ensuring the first victory in 1966 with a hit on quarterback Don Meredith, Dallas quarterback, in the game's final minute that led to an end zone interception by Tom Brown, who also played Major League Baseball, and a 34-27 win. Of course, a year later, Dave stood shivering on the sidelines at the ice ball, and we just talked about that in the previous segment when Bart Starr scored on a quarterback sneak in the final minute for a 21-17 victory. Now he's here to talk about those two games, and he's out of the cold of Green Bay. He was there last weekend when it was snowing, so he's here to get in from the cold, too. Hey, Dave Robinson, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you very much. I'll tell you, it was like going home again. I, I, all winter, it's been a very mild winter in, in Ohio and New Jersey, where I've been in those two states, and... Going back to Green Bay, Wisconsin, get three and a half inches of snow, snow for the whole ball game. I said, this feels like home. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dave, let's, let's start with the ice bowl. I'm going to ask you a couple quick questions here. First off, how cold was it that day? What did you think when you got to Lambeau, and were you surprised they even played the game? I'll tell you, well, the, the official temperature, I think, the kickoff was 13 below zero, any attention, not, not wind chill. And it was 18 below by halftime. And when the game ended, it was 22 below with 30-mile-an-hour winds and gusts. And someone told me that the estimated chill factor was between minus 57 and minus 69 degrees below zero. I'd say it was just awesome. I'd say it was terrible. I woke up that morning. My wife told me it was 20. The day before, it had been a nice, comfortable day. It had been 10 above. And going down to 10 below at night wasn't that bad. And uh, I woke up. She said, it's 20 below in the early afternoon. I said, you've got to be kidding me. And sure enough, it was. My car wouldn't start. I had, a heart, I had to get the, my girl living next door. Her boyfriend was coming on to visit her. I had to run out to him and, and promise him two tickets to the game. He'd take my wife out to the stadium because I couldn't be late. And that's how I got to the stadium. And then, with all my belongings in the car, I left my car parked in my driveway. And 
gas station, came, jumped the car, drove my car to the stadium and parked in the players lot. That's the only way I got home. It was cold, cold, cold. <laughs> I told somebody, I said, how do you feel? I said, I feel like a fuck shit home. <laughs> it was miserable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it really was, and I think I was surprised the game was called. I really feel, and I go to my grave saying it, but then I hope not for a long while. But anyway, the only one can call a game is the commissioner, and the commissioner Pete Rozelle made a statement that he didn't, he had never seen an AFL championship game before, so he went to Oakland, and that was kind of a joke in our locker room. He went to Oakland because it was in California. He was to come to Green Bay. Why do you why think he's going to see an AFL championship game when he was the NFL commissioner? Of course he had C1. And he knew that before they scheduled the game, he knew he wasn't going to go. He, he just didn't want to come to Green Bay. It was just too cold. But, you know, it was so cold that they, the whistles froze. And the rumor was when one official tried to take the whistle out of his mouth, he ripped all the skin off his lips because it was up to the whistle. And oh. so... It's, it's the fact that there's no halftime, of course. All the reeds shows up in, the, in wind instruments, and they couldn't have the bands couldn't play. And with no whistles, the officials had to say, "Ball's ready for play. Go, 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 go!" And the players would say, "Players over, stop, 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 stop." Well, <laughs> I want to tell you something. Here's something. Here's something inside dirt. During a football game, every now and then, a guy may hear a whistle and take an extra step and hit a guy. When he's hollering, stop, 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 I guarantee you, a lot of people got hit late. I mean, a lot of people. <laughs> and, the, and the thing was, oh, I'm waiting for the whistle. Oh, I forgot. Oh, I didn't hear. Uh, I'm not, I guarantee you, I'm not, not me. I'm a nice guy. <laughs> no, not you. No, of course no, not. Some guys did hit a little late, I tell you. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Dave, uh, Bob Hayes waited so long to get his bus in Canton. A lot of people feel because of the ice bowl, you know, he got dinged by a lot of voters over the years who claimed he was putting his hands in his pants on the running plays and he to keep warm. I'm wondering how you kept warm in that game and 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 what you thought of Bob Hayes sticking his hands in well, his first pants. Say, okay, let's say first of all, Bob Hayes is a real good friend of mine. He really was. He's a, he's a smart guy, you know, and I understand that he I did see him with his hands in his pants. But I want to tell you something. When you got a resume like Bob Hayes and all the things he's done for the league, all the things he did for the league, why not? Besides, uh, even if he hadn't, even if he hadn't sitting on his hands for the whole game, that one game is not enough to take him away from being in the Hall of Fame. I think he was long overdue when he got there, and I'm I'm glad he is. I'm, I'm proud of calling him a, a teammate of mine at last. I, I'd be with. You know, a lot of people thought Bob Hayes was a track man who played football, and they were so wrong. Bob Hayes went to Florida and M as a football player. But Bob Hayes, those that know him, like I do, know that Bob Hayes did not want to go to spring practice. So let him go to spring practice. Bob Hayes went out for track. And all he did was set the world's record in 100 yard, 100 yard dash. So that, that's that guy was, he's a great all round athlete. He's just a, and a great guy. I thought an awful lot of it. And I was so proud and so happy to see him going all thing. How'd you yeah, keep warm that, in that game yourself? What, what did you do? Oh, well. <laughs> I didn't, but the thing, the one thing I did do, before the game, Vince said he did not want any of the receivers, ball carriers, or linebackers, or defensive backs, to wear gloves. We didn't have gloves like that today. We had a general old uh, cotton gloves like you, gardening gloves. So everybody was complaining. And while everybody complained about the gloves, I went to the trainer and I said, Dom, give me a pair of brown gloves. You'll never know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> he gave me some brown kind of gloves. I wore the brown gloves. It didn't keep me warm, but kept my hands warm. And what would happen if it was a running play, if it was a situation like a, say, third knee, I thought it might be a pass, I'd take the gloves off and stick them in my belt. But a couple of times, I thought it'd be like a, 
first and ten, I had my gloves on, and they come with a pass. And I snatched my gloves over and just throw them on the ground and run back in the pass pattern. Then after the play, I'd go back and pick my gloves up. So I said, I'm not going to let the old man see me with those gloves on. <laughs> it, worked, it worked out all right. It did work out all right. We're speaking with Hall of Fame linebacker Dave Robinson on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at at Talk of Fame Net. And Dave, we've talked to players in that game who still have lingering effects, such as frostbite. Um, How about you? I mean, did you have any lingering effects then or or even now? You know, I wasn't one of the guys. uh, One one who got the frostbite the most for us was Ray Nischke, who was superstitious. He always used to take a knee right by Rambardi's leg when he was on the sideline. Instead of going to the bench and sitting there and trying to get warm, he took a knee with his hand on the ground. And after the game, he did have frostbite on his fingers. But uh, I didn't get it. I tell you, it was awful cold, as I said before. But I tell you, uh, that, that year I think my side was something that somewhere in the 30s, and winning that game in the Super Bowl and, and the, the All Star game post, it was like a thirty thousand dollar check for the, for the championship, really. And for thirty thousand dollars in 1967, I'd have played that game in my underwear. Support <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Yeah. But it was cold. It was cold. Don't don't get me wrong. It was cold, cold, cold. Dave, let's move on quickly to the 66 game where it was warmer. The winner would represent yeah. the NFL in the first Super Bowl. Did that provide any extra incentive, and did Lombardi have any extra adrenaline pumping that day? I'm not Lombardi, but I did. Uh, we had some great games with Dallas all along anyway, with uh, Tom Landry and Vince Lombardi having been to- to- offensive and defensive coordinators with the New York Giants in 58. I think uh, uh, every time we played the, the Cowboys, uh, Vince always got, gave it a little something extra that week because of Tom Landry. He wanted to show Tom Landry what he had done with his team, and Tom Landry wanted to show Vince what he had done with his team. Both of them taken. Tom took a brand-new team, and Vince took the team that was 1-10-1, the worst team in the league. So they both had built the teams from scratch, and here they were in the championship game now. And this was a, the, one of the big, first big championship match, I think, between the two. And uh, it was kind of an interesting game because uh, uh, we got up to an early lead, and then uh, – uh, they, they went into a new formation, which put Psych Clark in, in the slot on us, and, and we never made adjustments to it. And it, he got one on one on a on a on the wrong. We had the wrong man on him, and he caught some big balls. Hey Dave, we're out of time, yeah. but you know, thanks so much for spending time with us, and and thanks for the memories. And you know what? We're going to see you in Canton next August when. Presumably, it'll be 100 degrees warmer than it was for the ice bowl. <laughs> Thank you. I enjoy it. I hope to see you this, uh, this uh, February in Houston. You got it. You will. Sure? You will. Yeah. You, will. Yeah. you will. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. That was Hall of Fame linebacker Dave Robinson. Up next are Renai Game Changers of the Week. This is the Talk of Fame Network. I'm Jay Farner, president of Quicken Loans. Recently, mortgage rates have dropped to the second lowest level in history. The rate today on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is all the way down to 4.125%. APR, 4.82%. It's a great time to refinance with Quicken Loans and save hundreds every month. So lock in this ultra-low rate before it goes back up. Call 800-QUICKEN. That's 800-QUICKEN. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSConsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Burger King presents Breakfast Stories. Today's story, Big Jim and three pancakes for 89 cents. I don't care what you call them, pancakes, flipjacks, flapcakes. The point is, at Burger King, you can get a stack of three of them for 89 cents. What kind of deal is this? 
Uh, a great one? Fill up on three golden pancakes for 89 cents. This is not breakfast. This is a Burger King breakfast. Get three pancakes for 89 cents. Only at Burger King. Limited time only. Price and participation vary. Go from tank to tankless. Make the right play by choosing Renai Tankless Water Heaters. Get yourself out of hot water at home by choosing the best water heating solution available. Why don't you tell us about the last time you were in hot water with your significant other? Visit GetHotWater.com to submit your story for a chance to be a part of our weekly giveaway for football tickets. Grand prize winners will have a chance to win a pair of playoff tickets and a Renai water heater. Visit Renai.us for more information about their innovative products. And now, insurance-minded speeches from GEICO. Let's talk about power. To illustrate this, allow me to tell you a story about how I moved a tow truck 25 miles using only my index finger. I was stranded with a flat tire. I opened the GEICO app. Then, with a few taps of my finger, I beckoned emergency roadside assistance and a tow truck to my car. I invite you all to unleash the full potential of your fingertips with the GEICO app. Thank you. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. You play to win the game. Hey, Ron Borges, going to ask you one more time. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? And if you were smart like me, you'd have been on the phone 15 minutes ago like I was. That's a smart man. You should be in the Hall of Fame. Go. Go be. with Ron. 15 minutes ago, you should have gone. Listen, before we get to our Renai Game Changers of the Week, uh, I want to acknowledge the passing this week of former 49ers defensive end Larry Roberts, who was part of two Super Bowl champions. I covered that team. Solid player. Larry was 53, and he passed away after a series of health issues. Sad news. Larry Roberts gone too soon the age of 53. As we promised you earlier, as we said, it's time to reward our Renai Game Changers of the Week. And Gooseman, because you cover the league's top 10, no, top 10, top team, you get first crack at this. They are in the top 10, aren't they? They're the number one, numero uno. Who's your Renai Game Changer of the Week? Who's numero uno on your Renai Game Changer, Gooseman? Chief Safety Eric Berry, in a return to his hometown of Atlanta, he re- intercepted a Matt Ryan pass, returned to 37 yards for a touchdown, and then ran another interception on a failed two-point conversion by Atlanta, 100 yards for the deciding two points in the closing minutes of a 29-28 victory over the Falcons. Now, this is just two years after Barry missed a season and saw his career threatened by Hodgkin's disease. Score one for perseverance. Okay, Ron, can you score one? I can. That's a good one, Gooseman. Uh, Arizona running back David Johnson is one of the best players not enough people know about. He proved it again last Sunday. He was my Renai game changer. Uh, he rushed and received for a combined 175 yards, scored a touchdown running and one receiving in a 31-23 uh, Arizona win over the Redskins. It could not have been possible without David Johnson changing the game. Okay, well, Ron, I'm going back to one of my and your favorite towns. That would be Baltimore. Love it. Yeah, me too. And taking Joe Flacco, who is, uh, well, he's no ordinary Joe in that Ravens demolition of Miami. Look, uh, Ray Lewis said earlier this year that uh, he didn't have any passion. Joe Flacco lacked passion or motion, whatever it was. But he certainly did last week when he lobbied offensive coordinator Marty Morningwake to open up the playbook, and they did. Saw what happened. Four TDs and flipper, yeah, on life support. Anyway, congratulations, Joe Flacco. Well, that means we have another game changer in the house. That would be our Ron Borges with his Borges or 
bogus. Editorial. Well, everyone and everything is a target. This week, I understand, Ronnie, you have a couple of injured players you want to bring to our attention, if not to a retirement home. Is that right? Yeah, that's right, Clark. Uh, two of pro football's brightest stars are facing a difficult decision. Is it wise to continue playing once your body is broken? And ironically, one of those players is the reason the other guys fell apart. When Seattle safety Earl Thomas blasted Rob Gronkowski in the chest on November 13th, he knocked him out of the game, he stove in his chest, and he punctured a lung. What some now claim is he also hit him so hard that when he next fell on the ground after taking a game off, his already weakened back gave out, leading to Gronkowski's third back surgery since 2009 and another premature end to his season. Two weeks later... Earl Thomas was the one being carted off, a victim of friendly fire when teammate Cam Chancellor ran into him in midair and broke his leg. Thomas, at that point, had missed one game in his career, having played in 108 of 109 games since arriving in Seattle. Later that night, he said he was considering retirement, and although some cautioned that there may have been only a momentary reaction to his disappointment, Thomas said 24 hours later that he was still mulling over the possibility. That led his teammate, Richard Sherman, to say, and I quote, All of us consider retirement just about every game. When you get an injury like that, a lot of stuff goes through your mind. Well, guys, that statement is not bogus. It's a reminder of the NFL's harsh realities and the toll the game takes on its players. Rob Gronkowski and Earl Thomas are towering physical specimens. If we saw them working out in a gym, you'd think they're they're indestructible. But that would be bogus. What is not is the fear in the back of every player's mind that they can't take it much longer. It's one reason they smoke weed. It's a re- it's a reality they all live with. Gronk has had nine operations in seven years, and by the end of this season will have missed 24 of a possible 112 games, nearly 25% of his career. His back fell apart for the third time simply by falling on the ground as a player landed on top of him. A longtime NFL personnel guy told me a few days later, that's all it takes, he can't play football anymore. What he meant was not that Gronk won't be back, as he already has promised that he will be. What he meant was he'll fall apart again. He'll try to play, in part because he's yet to be fairly paid for his level of performance and very likely won't ever be now. In the end, Earl Thomas may as well, but should they? How many back operations for you can't keep on moving, even to chase your own children? How many times do you want to break your leg simply by running into a teammate? Thomas and Gronkowski are two of the NFL's best young players, and now they face a reality check. Is the price too high to continue doing what they do best? That's not a bogus question. Well, now we face a reality check, Ron. We're almost out of time. So, again, you have the two-minute drill. Let's see what you got. What does it say about NFL playing that its cleats for causes game were played on a weekend when two teams were on a bye? What it says? What it says is it had a clue once, but it died of loneliness. It says that Cleveland National don't matter in the NFL's big picture. Is Joe Flacco back? Uh, Let me check, Ron, with Ray Lewis, and I'll get back to you. No, it's still early. The real Joe Flacco usually shows up in January. The Broncos and Jaguars had six punts in the first quarter of their game last Sunday. Good defense or bad offense? Uh, neither. Blake Bortles versus Paxton Lynch. Next question. Agreed. Bad quarterbacking. Do you, like myself, believe in the Raiders? Yeah, I do, Ron. I believe in them. I believe they're the second best team in the AFC West. Ever since they lost the arc, I do. If, like Rob Gronkowski, you'd had three back surgeries and nine total surgeries in seven years, what say ye? Play well, or not play? I'll tell you what I say. People tell me you never spent a penny of his salary. So you know what I say? Retire and go pubbing, Rob. Don't play. Don't ever play again. Your body is supposed to outlast your career. Are you guys buying or selling Iowa's Tampa Bay Bucks as playoff dangerous? Selling. Surgeon General tells us to stay away from Winston's. Buying. They had a better quarterback now than they had when they won the Super Bowl in 03. 
Winston's. That was pretty clever there, Clarky. Uh, two important games with playoff implications have been decided not by making an extra point, but by returning one for a two-point conversion. Good rule change or bad? Come on, Rob. We're talking about extra points. And you ask that question? Great rule. Agreed. Great rule. I'd rather watch paint dry than an NFL kicker lineup for an extra point. Favorite bowl? Celebration Bowl, Poinsettia Bowl, Foster Farms Bowl, Tax Slayer Bowl, or Famous Irish Potato Bowl? Foster Farms Bowl, because then it's a game of chicken. The Quick Lane Tire and Auto Center Bowl in my hometown of Detroit, the Motor City. Larry Fitzgerald passed Chris Carter and Marvin Harrison to become third all-time in receptions with 1,106 catches, but he still has no rings. First ballot Hall of Famer or future senior committee resurrectee? Well, Harrison has a ring, but he wasn't a first ballot choice, Rob. Fitzgerald's a Hall of Famer, but he'll have to get in line. First ballot Hall of Fame by a committee that now has a growing love affair with stats. We want to thank Hall of Famer Dave Robinson, Hall of Fame semifinalist Kevin Mawai, and NFL historian John Turney for joining us. Can't forget Ira Kaufman from Tampa either. Derek Burns for producing us and you for listening to us. If you'd like to hear this or any podcast, just go to our website, talkoffamenetwork.com, or you can find us on iTunes or your podcast app. So he's even Rod can do it. Otherwise, look for us at this time and on this station next week. We'll be here. We hope you will be too. I'm Jay Farner, president of Quicken Loans. Recently, mortgage rates have dropped to the second lowest level in history. The rate today on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage is all the way down to 4.125%. APR, 4.82%. It's a great time to refinance with Quicken Loans and save hundreds every month. So lock in this ultra-low rate before it goes back up. Call 800-QUICKEN. That's 800-QUICKEN. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS Consumer Access. Org, number 3030. Burger King presents Breakfast Stories. Today's story, Big Jim and three pancakes for 89 cents. I don't care what you call them, pancakes, flipjacks, flapcakes. The point is, at Burger King, you can get a stack of three of them for 89 cents. What kind of deal is this? Uh, a great one? Fill up on three golden pancakes for 89 cents. This is not breakfast. This is a Burger King breakfast. Get three pancakes for 89 cents only at Burger King. Limited time only. Price and participation vary. Go from tank to tankless. Make the right play by choosing Renai tankless water heaters. Get yourself out of hot water at home by choosing the best water heating solution available. Why don't you tell us about the last time you were in hot water with your significant other? Visit GetHotWater.com to submit your story for a chance to be a part of our weekly giveaway for football tickets. Grand prize winners will have a chance to win a pair of playoff tickets and a Renai water heater. Visit Renai.us for more information about their innovative products. And now, insurance-minded speeches from GEICO. Let's talk about power. To illustrate this, allow me to tell you a story about how I moved a tow truck 25 miles using only my index finger. I was stranded with a flat tire. I opened the GEICO app. Then, with a few taps of my finger, I beckoned emergency roadside assistance and a tow truck to my car. I invite you all to unleash the full potential of your fingertips with the GEICO app. Thank you.